We're about five weeks from the anniversary of the Interstate 95 fiasco. On January 4th of 2022, 50 miles of I-95 highway in Virginia was shut down with one inch of snow after traffic was backed up after a traffic accident. Thousands of people were stranded for 27 to 30 hours, and most of them were inadequately prepared for this type of event. We're already seeing snowstorms across the Northeast, the Midwest, and some of the high mountain regions, and we want you to be prepared just in case you're stranded in a snow or an ice storm. If you live in the Southwest or even South Florida, where you very rarely see snow, there are still a lot of items here that you could use in your vehicle's emergency kit. Welcome to Practical Prepping. Today is December 1st, 2023, and this is episode number 437. Practical Prepping Podcast is the prepping podcast with no bunkers, no zombies, and no alien invasions. Just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens, so we need to stay prepared. And we're here to help you get prepared. I am Krista. And I'm Mark. And today we'll be talking about building an emergency kit for your vehicle. Now, this is different from your get-home bag or a bug-out bag or anything. This is a kit to go in your vehicle to stay there during the winter. And even some of these things would be great to possibly have in there even during the summer months. And if you'd like the expanded notes for this episode, go to practicalprepping.info slash 437 and you'll get those. And if you aren't receiving the Practical Prepping newsletter, Go to practicalprepping.info and click on free PDF. You'll receive the free getting started in prepping PDF and you'll be added to the newsletter. It's hard to believe it's December. Yeah, you know, 2023 is fast coming to an end and we are getting into the throes of the Christmas holiday season. People are already starting to talk about planning their New Year's parties. And so we're kind of in that mode right Mm -hmm. now. And I know that a lot of winter weather is affecting several folks. We're getting a lot of cold rain where we are in North Alabama. And we severely need that rain. We do. Even we're still in drought status, even with the amount of rain that we have received in the last couple of weeks. We're still on a fire burn ban and Mm -hmm. we're still in drought status. Yep. And we're talking about decorating the tree. And this time of year, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out gifts, gifts for other people family members. Mm -hmm. We even did a podcast on it recently. You, you know, trying to figure (laughs) out what to get you. (laughs) For our gift item of the day, I have added four books for preppers to the website, and they are on the gifts and gear page of the website. Now, these four books that I've put on there, one, and, and these are trusted books, The Survival Medical Handbook by Dr. Joseph and Amy Alton, Disaster Preparedness for EMP, Dr. Arthur T. Bradley, and he is the world's foremost expert on EMP, The Disaster Ready Home by Creek Stewart, and Homesteading by Abigail Gehring. And that's at practicalprepping.info forward slash gifts. Now let's get into our episode, into the meat, and let's build an emergency kit for your vehicle. 
And again, this is different from your car kit or your get-home kit. This is in addition to that. It's an auxiliary kit for crisis mode, basically. This is this is the just-in-case-I-get-stranded kit. Exactly. These are some things that you would not normally carry in your bag. Some of them actually would be too heavy to be carrying in your bag. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's not too heavy and we want to make sure is always in our vehicle is a first aid kit. Yes, absolutely. We need bandages. We may need antiseptic wipes, pain relievers, uh, those kinds of things. So we do want to add that first aid kit. All right, let's go to a clothing kit. We're kind of breaking these into several different kits, but it's all in one overall kit. A clothing kit for warm clothing. Extra layers. Sweatshirts, T-shirts, long-sleeve T-shirts, flannel shirts. Some people are even purchasing lined pants. Like, Mm -hmm. you can get flannel-lined jeans, which are pretty cool. I think L.L. Bean still sells them. Years ago, I had a pair of those, and they were nice. Mm -hmm. They really were. You want to have some warm gloves in there. Maybe put some hats or toboggans in there, scarves. Pair of insulated waterproof boots. Now, a lot of times we're out doing things and we're not wearing insulated shoes or boots and we're not wearing waterproof boots. Yeah, stomping around in the snow is going to get slushy. It's going to get slushy and it's going to get cold. And you want extra socks in there. Now, we've, mm-hmm. I think we've got some wool socks on the gift section that are very, very good. And it's always good to have those. Now, here's one that sounds funny. A heavy blanket or a sleeping bag. Sure. I can understand that if you're stranded in your car. Mm-hmm. It's added insulation, and you can use it inside the vehicle. And I've said this before. If you're stuck in there, it's going to get cold unless you run the engine the entire time. And that'll use up all your gas. It very well could. So they suggest running it for about 10 minutes every half hour or 15 minutes every hour, something like that, to keep it a little bit warmer in there. But you can take this sleeping bag, and I use the term wiggle down into it if you're trying to get into a sleeping bag sitting in a car. But you could pull that sleeping bag up around you, and that would greatly improve your warmth. You could do that with a heavy blanket as well. Or the emergency blankets. Put some of those in there. They help keep the body warm, retain that body heat. But they're also good if you run up on a wreck. I have used those at wrecks before. You get 40-degree weather and you've got somebody in a wreck, and you can wrap them up and keep them from going into shock. Absolutely. So it's a very, very good thing to have. You can also include hand warmers. That can provide additional warmth, even inside a glove. Mm-hmm. You know, to have hand warmers in there, too. You may be getting out of your vehicle quite a bit. I uh, don't know what the circumstances may be. Certainly, you'd want to stay in the vehicle as much as possible. But the fingers and the toes, these, these external digits are the first ones to get very, very, very cold and can be victims of frostbite. So you definitely want to protect your fingers and your toes. And the tips of your ears, too. Now, to stress the point, you said stay in your car. Yes, stay with your car. But if it's snowing very, very heavily, you need to get out every now and then and make sure that tailpipe, that exhaust pipe, is not getting blocked by the snow. Good call. If it is, it'll be putting more carbon monoxide back into the the passenger compartment. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that stays clear. 
And we're going to have to get in and out of the vehicle to do that. Sure. And if you do that, you may want to warm those hands back up. And those hand warmers are very, very good to do. And you can rub those around on parts of your body. Yeah. I told you one time that I had put them under my toboggan over my ears to mm-hmm. keep my ears warm. Absolutely. Maybe not be able to hear even worse than I can't hear now. Next kit we want to build is a multi-purpose tool kit. And this is one that's handy to have in there year-round. And that's going to include some basic tools like pliers, screwdrivers, wrenches, a multi-tool or a knife. Definitely want to have a flashlight and some extra batteries in there. We want to have our jumper cables in there in case our battery is dead. A tow rope or a chain to get pulled out or to pull someone else out. And that's one of the things I say that you don't want to be carrying in your normal bag is a chain. I don't want to carry 20 feet of chain on <laughs> no. uh, in, in my get-home bag. But you might need that. And I used to keep them in my trucks. I keep one in the Jeep. And we may need to pull someone out or we may need to get pulled out. Another great thing to have in there is a compact fire extinguisher. You can get those, you know, you can get 20-pound, 40-pound, whatever. But this would be like a a two-and-a-half-pound fire extinguisher. Yeah. Just something that if your vehicle gets on fire, you're going to know it quickly, and you're not going to need a 20-pound fire extinguisher for that, but you could do that. Also, here's something we've talked about several times in the past, and it is worth repeating, and that is to get one of those car emergency escape tools. This is one that has that window breaker tip, but also has a little blade built in as a seatbelt cutter. It's designed for breaking car windows and cutting seatbelts. Recently, there was video, actually, of a car that left the road, went over an embankment, and then down into a rushing creek. Mm -hmm. So the engine and the windshield were quickly covered, and the car was slowly sinking. And they, someone actually had a window breaker tool, and from the outside, and they broke and were able to pull these people free. But it would have been certain death. Your car will fill up with water much faster than you can think to get out. If you think you can roll windows down or power windows down, if you're underwater, that's not going to work either. Not going to work because of the water pressure. And the electrical systems will get flooded. So if you're going to break that window or you're going to roll that window down, do it before that window gets under water because that pressure will prohibit you from being able to do that. We carry these in all of our vehicles. I carried one in the patrol car all the time. Several of our kids carry them in mm-hmm. their vehicles, and so they're just really, really handy to have there. It's one of those things you hope you don't ever need, but you definitely want it in reach of the driver if you do. So you might want to pay attention to where you put it. I kept mine in the patrol car right down in the door panel. Yes, I was going to say, don't put it in the glove box or the trunk where you can't De- reach it. Definitely <laughs> not the trunk. Right, right. But could you reach your glove compartment at all times? Now, if you have a console, you might have a compartment right there. Like our Jeep does, Mm -hmm. it has a console there that we can put it down in there and we can get to it from any position in the vehicle. Here's one that Krista reminded me of some time back. And the way the headrest in vehicles are designed, they are designed to be able to break a window if you have nothing else. Yeah, you can just pull it right out of position, Mm -hmm. and there's two long rods that put it down into the top of the seat, but you can take those rods and use them as a window breaker. They're pointed, Mm -hmm. and they're designed for that. 
Next thing we want to put in there is a small snow shovel. Is there such a thing as a small snow shovel? The ones I've seen are really wide. You're correct. You're correct. Those are for the walkways and such as that. Let me change that to shovel, small shovel. Okay, like one of those hiking camping shovels. A camping shovel, short handle shovel. You may need to dig out of the snow. You may need to dig your vehicle out. You may need to dig something around your wheels. We used to carry them in the four-wheel drive. We carried one to dig out getting stuck and had to do that one time when it was very stuck. Next thing you probably already have in your get-home bag, but that would be some waterproof matches or some lighters. You could have an emergency where you needed to start a fire. Yes, outside mm-hmm. of the car, yeah, of course. Don't, don't start it inside no, the car. But I'm Definitely saying, you know, not. But. Like James Gregor said, because sometime in the past, yeah. you know, <laughs> somebody yeah. started a fire inside their car. Yeah, why did they put the warning label on the electric fan, do not use in the tub? Oh, because sometime in the past. It's sometime in the past. Mm. But do have a way to start those fires and carry some type of commercial tender in there, something you trust uh, wet fire, black beard, those are good commercial tenders. Uh, fat wood is good. We have those in our bags. And if your bag resides in your car all the time, you may not have to set this up separately. Uh, we have that in our car bag, so we would not necessarily have to set it up separate in this kit. Gotcha. But you want to make sure that you have it. You're also going to want to consider having a tarp or maybe some kind of a space blanket. If you needed to make an emergency shelter out of a large tarp, you know, a 10 by 20, 20 by 30, uh, pretty large, if you needed some kind of extra coverage. And we're thinking possibly if you're found out in a snowstorm away from a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've, you know, maybe you're just out hiking or whatever, and the weather has turned radically, and you need to have that tarp in your bag and some paracord, so that you can at least find a place to keep the rain and the snow off your face. You also want to have some roadside emergency reflectors in there. I've seen little triangles Triangles, that you can stand up on the road. I've seen the magnetic electric flares that you can stick to the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Now, that does depend on you having a metal vehicle. They won't stick to fiberglass. Right. But we almost hit a person here a few weeks back. It was dark. And we were driving on a two-lane road, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, there's a person walking on the line on the edge of the road wearing all dark clothing. Yeah. Now, I use that to illustrate we could not see him. Mm -hmm. What if there had been a vehicle that's totally dark sticking partially in the roadway? Would have struck it for sure. Would have struck it. Mm -hmm. So you want to have some type of reflectors to make your vehicle visible to other drivers. And, you know, in that same vein, consider some sort of a safety vest, a Mm -hmm. high-vis, a reflective vest, some type of high-vis clothing. A lot of folks will keep those neon green long-sleeve work shirts in a bag because you can see those night or day. And I'll tell you, that may be the difference between being seen and not hit or not being seen and struck. Yes, And you can get the little lightweight ones for very cheap, and Mm -hmm. it'll go over just about any clothing you have on. You can find them at a big box store, a home improvement, even Walmart carries them. Mm -hmm. 
it's very easy to just slip that thing on when you go check that tailpipe. Mm -hmm. If traffic's moving, you definitely want to do that. For sure. All right. Next thing would be some traction aids. Okay. And we're not talking about like in the hospital. No. (laughs) We're talking about traction for your wheels. Exactly. You want to carry some sand or some kitty litter. Yeah, you can like sprinkle that behind the tires or in front of the tires or in both sides of the tires to get them some traction so they can get up out of a slippery mm-hmm. mud bank or a slushy snow or ice situation. Yeah, and This is where you may want to shovel out a little bit behind and in front of the tires sure. to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But you need something for that traction and that sand or kitty litter will help. Tire chains, especially useful in areas with heavy snow. Mm-hmm. I carry a set for my truck, and I've used them to, to get to work. Absolutely. Some ice melt or salt. You can use that around your tires to get better traction. You can actually purchase large amounts of salt at a wholesale club. People will purchase like the rock type salt or salt that's used in water systems. And they're in 20 to 40 pound bags. And you can probably just toss a small bag of salt like that. Well, I say small 20 pound bag of salt. If you anticipate that you're going to need that kind of melting action that a large amount of salt can produce for you. Now, here in North Alabama, we would probably be fine with a box of ice cream salt. Oh, sure. Which is about a four pound box. Put that in there. Here's something that I'm actually going to bill this for Krista. She comes and goes every day, and her vehicle sits outside overnight. It gets cold inside overnight. And keeping water in her vehicle, these last few nights, it would have frozen. Yeah, for sure. And so that becomes a problem. And so I'm going, and we've got several of these small insulated coolers. And I want to put the perishable items in there to keep them from freezing. And this is one thing that she can pick up on her way out. It's a little bit bigger than a lunchbox. You can pick it up on the way out and bring it back in in the night and set it right inside the door to keep it from freezing. You might even look at the weather forecast for the night before and decide if you need to bring it in. But I'm talking about putting in bottled water, talking about putting in any necessary medication in there that she could need during the day, and put some non-perishable snacks in there, high-energy items like granola bars, nuts, or dried fruit, and put a little bit of cash in there. We can get off somewhere and not have cash, so if you put a small envelope in there with 20 bucks in it, to be able to use if things really happen. And I would put a portable charger in there as well. Now, we carry one in, I carry one in my EDC bag. Uh, I don't think we've got those in our car bags, though. Yeah, because we normally carry them in another bag. But everybody's got their own application. Mm -hmm. They can build it differently. And I thought here, rather than leaving that in the vehicle, this is one of those things that if you bring it in at night, you know that, you need to recharge it, and you can recharge it there. Sure. So these are just some ideas of some things that you can build another kit to go in your vehicle. This would do real well in one of those snap-top totes, and just put it in the vehicle and leave it there. We hope you have learned something from that. Now, today's cup of coffee comes from Tony. Thank you, Tony. We really do appreciate it. 
Tell us about our super listener prepper tip today. Oh, yes. I was excited about this one. And this is not an original idea, and it's not really new, but it is a time-tested, tried-and-true prepper tip. Now, I am one that does not like to waste money on food. I don't like to throw out food that has gone bad, spoiled because I didn't use it right. But this is about storing onions, good old-fashioned onions, any kind of onion you can think of. You can extend the time that you can keep those onions by using nylon pantyhose. Yep, I said it. This is a tip that I have done several times over the years, and it works every time. Take a pair of nylon pantyhose stockings and cut them in half at the middle, and that way you have these two leg portions. Load each onion one by one. You know, you load one, and then you tie a knot, and then you load another one and tie a knot, and load another one and tie a knot. So you just keep loading and tying and loading and tying till you end up with what looks like a, a string of pearls. And then you hang that up in your pantry. I use a command hook. You can form a little hole at the top of that pantyhose and then hang them on that hook. And then when you need an onion, you just snip that knot open and an onion falls out. But because you're keeping them separate from each other and up in a breathable fabric, they will actually keep for months. I have actually had them keep for over eight months that way, and they never spoil. So that is a great way to store onions in such a way that you can get every dollar's worth that you paid for those onions when you need to use them. When we had a very large garden with my grandmother, we would raise onions, and I'm talking about the big sweet onions. Mm -hmm. And in one room in our basement, the, the room that was under the front porch, there were eight or ten of those hanging in there. We had onions for the year, basically. How about that? And I mean, just strings mm -hmm. of onions hanging up in there. And like you said, you need an onion, you take your scissors and you clip off that bottom one, and there's your onion. That's right. Clip it below the knot now so sure. that the next one doesn't fall out. <laughs> right. And don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> but clip it below the knot and you've got an onion. Mm -hmm. And you can just keep doing that until you run out of onions. Yeah. Now, if you receive value from the podcast, would you help us by giving back a little? First, you can buy us a cup of coffee like Tony. Second, you can start your Amazon shopping from our website. It costs you nothing extra, but pays us a small commission on qualifying purchases. And you'll find the links to both at practicalprepping.info. Both help us out, and we really do appreciate it. And as I always say, stuff happens. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>